there's tens of thousands of deaths that have been uh, attributed to to the COVID-19 vaccines. And yet, uh, you know, the officials will say, well, the VAERS report isn't isn't proof. Uh, you know, anyone can submit reports and it's they're basically ignoring it. I am a husband, a father, a lawyer, a Christian and a proud Canadian. I started this series because it was clear that our nation needs truth. Not just another biased narrative, but real information of substance. We need access to facts and the freedom to think for ourselves. I'm Leighton Gray, and this is Gray Matter. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Gray Matter. Well, according to the most recent data published by the government of Alberta, deaths from quote-unquote unknown causes became the leading killer in the province claiming more lives than heart disease, diabetes, and strokes combined. In 2021, when compared to pre-pandemic data, the total number of deaths without a known cause is a staggering seven times higher than pre-COVID. This is not happening because of the virus, and it's not happening because people are, are, are doing anything other than having been injected with these COVID-19 vaccines, these drugs. Um, and so we should be, we should all be very, very concerned about this. And many of us are, although we're not getting the information that we need to know. Uh, the medical profession is not being honest with us and forthright with us about uh, what's causing these deaths and these injuries. So what we've done today in Grey Matter is we brought to you someone who is an expert in this area. He's a medical doctor, Dr. William Mackus. And he's here to tell us, to illuminate uh, for us some of what is going on and give us some of the truth about what's happening. He's been speaking out about this and publishing broadly at great personal cost and professional uh, prejudice. And uh, so we're grateful to have him here on the program. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Mackis. Thank you very much for having me. Now, before we get into the, the conversation proper, as we always do, we're going to frame the conversation with a few aphorisms. Um, some of these might be familiar to people. The first one is from uh, Dr. Tedros uh, Ghebreyes, uh, the Director General of the World Health Organization. He was quoted as saying, vaccines are one of our most important tools for preventing outbreaks and keeping the world safe. While most children today are being vaccinated, far too many are left behind. Unacceptably, it's often those who are most at risk, the poorest, the most marginalized, those touched by conflict or forced from their homes who are persistently missed. And finally, from our government. This is what they said. This is back when they introduced the COVID-19 vaccines. The first COVID-19 vaccine trial started over a year ago. They continued to be safe and effective. For a vaccine to be authorized for use, it must be tested for safety over several months. Any serious adverse events from a vaccine, while very rare, usually happen within a few months so these would all be identified by now. And in bold, all the vaccines available in Canada are safe and effective. Safety and efficacy are continuously monitored. So who do we have on the show today? Well, Dr. William Mackis. He obtained a four-year undergraduate degree in immunology at the University of Toronto, his medical degree at McGill University in Montreal, and a five-year medical specialization in nuclear medicine, radiology, and oncology. 
He worked for Alberta Health Services at Cross Cancer Institute as the head of the Medical Isotope Cancer Treatment Program and was assistant professor in the Department of Radiology at the University of Alberta. He's also the author of over 100 peer-reviewed publications in international medical journals. So Dr. Mackis, perhaps you could take us back to the time when you were at the Cross Cancer Institute uh, when the pandemic was first declared and what your thought process was at that time. Well, interestingly, I um, my cancer program at Alberta Health Services was sabotaged before the pandemic by really? the Alberta NDP government of Rachel Notley and the uh, Trudeau uh, federal government uh, officials who were appointed by uh, the provincial government at Alberta Health Services had decided to to sabotage my program, have it shut down in Alberta so they could uh, rebuild it in British Columbia with federal money, with Justin Trudeau investing over $300 million into it uh, starting in 2018. Incredible. So this happened before the pandemic, and there was a, there was a very significant push by the federal liberals to invest into pharmaceutical companies in British Columbia. Uh, in fact, there is a, a multi-city block complex being built uh, close to Vancouver called Innovation Boulevard, uh, where mm -hmm. there's a lot of pharmaceutical companies that are opening their offices there. Uh, again, all of this is funded by federal money. So the federal government had invested heavily into cancer treatments, um, into what they're calling precision medicine uh, so medicine tailored to the individual, again, most of it being cancer. Now, once the pandemic hit, of course, then we found out that the liberals had invested heavily into mRNA technology and vaccines. Um, so um, I had been in a legal battle with Alberta Health Services for several years. Um, my practice was sabotaged. Um, I was offered a $400,000 bribe to sign a non-disclosure agreement and basically leave leave Alberta. Um, I have a lawsuit that I had filed that was uh, supposed to give up that lawsuit in exchange for the $400,000 bribe, sign non-disclosure agreements and leave Alberta. When I refused, uh, the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Alberta took my medical license hostage and, and have been, you know, threatening my family, threatened my kids um, and had been, you know, basically harassing me ever since. So I was put into a, a bit of a forced retirement uh, before the pandemic hit. So once the pandemic hit, I was really an outsider to the medical establishment at that point. And so I watched the pandemic unfold as an outsider. Um, I was really not subject to the propaganda that was being pushed heavily on healthcare workers, doctors and nurses. And, mm -hmm. you know, when they rolled out the COVID-19 vaccines, um, you know, the healthcare workers were targeted very aggressively. At first, you know, the healthcare workers were encouraged to be the first ones to line up for the COVID-19 vaccines. And then, of course, um, they came out with the COVID-19 vaccine mandates to ensure that those who did not want the vaccine were forced into it or would lose their jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, now I stood up against the COVID-19 vaccine mandates. I co-signed a letter that had been um, co-signed by hundreds of healthcare workers at Alberta Health Services who were refusing the COVID-19 vaccine. And of course, as a result of co-signing that letter, I was threatened by the college. Uh, they said they would put that on my permanent record. In fact, every doctor in Alberta was threatened uh, for standing up against the COVID-19 vaccine mandates. 
So, and, and you know, I've been threatened by AHS lawyers, by the college lawyers. Uh, they're continually trying to attack me in the courts uh, and really have me silenced. Um, what a lot of people don't know is that uh, I actually faced two emergency injunctions, court injunctions filed by Alberta Health Services to have uh, my Twitter account suspended, uh, to have me silenced, and to have my charter rights to freedom of expression suspended by the court. Now, the was court, that during was that during the pandemic, Doctor Macus? That, that was during. Yeah, that was that was during the pandemic. Of course, in the aftermath of what's been now called the Pfizer dump. And in the face of, of uh, really all of these deaths, I, I said off the top of the show, now unknown causes is a leading cause of death in Alberta. Uh, it's increased sevenfold since uh, before the vaccines were rolled out. And we had uh, Dr. Roger Hodkinson on this program. You probably know, know him or know of him. Yeah. He said that uh, as a general rule with a pharmaceutical, uh, they're usually recalled after about 30 deaths. And he, and yet now we have uh, reported uh, cases of many thousands of deaths, but these, these vaccines are still being pushed. They're still being injected into children. Um, they, and, and so, and, and, and people are not being told the truth uh, by doctors. The truth is being suppressed. Doctors are, uh, I suppose, uh, under a, a sort of gag order. And they, they risk uh, censure or the loss of their of their license, as you suffered, if they if they reveal to patients, uh, you know, the idea that uh, you know that that a person's that a loved one's death was was caused by these drugs. So, given what we know now, why hasn't there been a broad recall of these drugs, and why is the medical profession still being censured in this way? Do you have any idea why that's occurring? Well, I can tell you this comes back to the to the idea of, of there being malice behind the rollout of the vaccines and the suppression of vaccine injuries and deaths. Right. Now, it's very interesting when 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 we look at, you know, when you look at the in the United States, the VAERS report, there's tens of thousands of deaths that have been uh, attributed to to the COVID-19 vaccines. And yet, uh, you know, the officials will say, well, the VAERS report isn't isn't proof uh, you know, anyone can submit reports and it's they're basically ignoring it. Mm -hmm. And so that's the approach that the U.S. officials have taken. They have more than enough evidence of harm with the deaths and injuries uh, to have halted these vaccines, you know, almost within a month or two of the rollout of the vaccines back in early 2021. Now, if you look at Canada, Canada has taken a slightly different approach. Um, Health Canada to this day has received about 400 reports of deaths attributed to the vaccines. And what they have done is they said, okay, we're going to investigate all of these deaths. And they've rejected most of them as there being no link. Uh, they say that there's ongoing investigations of about 50 deaths. And to this day, they have admitted zero deaths uh, as directly caused by the COVID-19 vaccine. Incredible. Incredible. So, so this is a very deliberate uh, attempt to cover up the deaths. Now, I'll, I'll go one step further. You know, we talk about uh, the un, uh, Alberta, the number one cause of death in Alberta being unknown causes. Mm -hmm. Well, I can tell you, I have spoken to a number of physician colleagues who have informed me that they have filled out uh, COVID-19 vaccine injury reports uh, for their patients. They submitted it to Alberta Health Services. 
uh, to the Alberta Health Services Management and Executive. There, there's an office at Alberta Health Services that collects all of these reports and then blocks them. It doesn't send them to Health Canada. It sends them back as rejected. And then the physicians who submitted those reports are threatened, either indirectly or directly. Uh, they are, you know, they're being called into offices. They're being investigated. They are having their licenses uh, looked at. And, and so there is, a, there is a suppression and a cover-up of vaccine injuries and deaths happening at the provincial level. And I suspect this is happening throughout the provinces uh, throughout Canada. So not only is Health Canada an active participant in suppressing reports of COVID-19 vaccine injuries and deaths by claiming that there's no connection, um, even um, Dan Hartman, uh, the, yes. uh, the father of the 17-year-old boy, Sean right, Hartman, yes. who died one month after taking a Pfizer vaccine, mm-hmm. even he received a report back saying that there's no evidence and there's no connection to the vaccine. And I had a look at that report and I and I realized that this report was completely medically unsound. There were assumptions being made in that report that were completely unscientific, medically incompetent, and it was a deliberate cover-up of that specific case. So we're seeing cover-ups at the federal level with Health Canada. We're also seeing cover-ups at the provincial level with the provincial health authorities and unfortunately, this is the route that Canada has taken very blatant, uh, corrupt way of, of covering up these injuries and deaths. Mm-hmm. So speaking about the vaccines, though, Dr. Macus, um, it appears that the risk of serious harm or injury and death from the vaccines goes up with successive boosters. Uh, firstly, is that, is, that, is, that, is that accurate? And secondly, if it is... Why is that true? Are, are, is there a higher concentration of these spike proteins in the boosters? Or what, what's happening with the boosters that they seem to increase the risk of serious uh, injury and death? You know, a clear example of this is the Cleveland uh, Clinic study um, that was published a few months ago, uh, where they had looked at about 50,000 employees who had uh, taken various numbers of, of doses of COVID-19 vaccine, right. and they tracked them over time and saw, uh, you know, what was their risk of getting infected with COVID-19. And mm-hmm. the lowest risk were the unvaccinated, and the highest risk were those who had four or five COVID doses. And you could see <laughs> Isn't that something? Wow. a gradual increase the more doses you took, the higher your risk of getting infected with COVID-19 was over time. It's a very fascinating study. And the graph just, you know, it just hits you in the face when you see that there is definitely um, a damage that is happening to the immune system uh, the more COVID-19 vaccines you take. And, and, you know, we also knew this from the uh, studies that had looked at myocarditis where you know, there was a certain risk in young people of getting myocarditis with one shot, but that risk rose dramatically with the second shot. And that has also been shown with mm-hmm. booster shots as well. So you know, it's, it's very tricky when um, trying to get a handle on um, COVID-19 vaccine injuries. You cannot make a blanket statement because there are people who are walking around having taken five COVID-19 vaccines and they're perfectly fine that have, they have not had a side effect. So I think the first concept I like to put out there is that 
every shot is like a Russian roulette game. Oh yeah. Right? Is that, you know, there is a risk of of being injured and sometimes of even even dying from one shot. There there are numerous examples of deaths from a single shot. Um and then every time you take a shot, you are basically increasing your risk. It's a cumulative mm-hmm. risk. Now, each batch is different. That is also another concept that I think is a very, very important. Because they're, because they're mass produced, right? They're mass produced. Yeah. And, and it seems that you know, there, there's huge variability in the batches in terms of the adverse events, in terms of the deaths. Uh, mm-hmm. In terms of the quantity of the mRNA, the quality of the mRNA, it seems some batches have degraded mRNA, some batches have very high concentration of mRNA. So, and in fact, there's also been um, uh, you know studies that have come out showing that there are over, um, I believe Pfizer has patented over a hundred different mutated forms of the spike protein. So you might not you might not even be getting the spike 500 so 500 mutation 100 over 100 mutated forms of the spike protein which means you start off with a sequence that mm. is supposed to be the spike protein but there's there was a mutation that happened somewhere along the way so now you're not getting the spike protein anymore you're getting a protein that is either similar but it might have a different structure it might have a different function in the body and there's been you know, several reports that have actually sequenced what is being translated in people. And it's not always the spike protein. It is mutated versions of, of the spike protein itself. So mm-hmm. it, it really is a Russian roulette. You know, you never know what you're getting uh, with each vaccine dose, but you're, but you are increasing every time you take a shot, you are increasing your risk of vaccine injury or, or even death. I noticed that a story about that was published uh, in late November of last year, where you called upon the Medical Association to investigate the sudden deaths of 80 young doctors. Um, have you had any response to that, to that inquiry that you've launched? And or have, has anything been done about the public concern that you expressed about the deaths of these young doctors? So I've sent a total of three letters to the Canadian Medical Association uh, in September, when it was 32 doctors, in October, when it was 80 doctors, and in January, when it was 132 Canadian doctors who died suddenly or unexpectedly since the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccines, they have not responded to me at all. They have not even sent a PR person to give me a response, nothing. It's their, They've ignored me completely. And I've sent them photographs of each physician who died unexpectedly, their name, what kind of physician they were, where they were practicing, any information I had about their deaths, they ignored it. They did come out on Twitter a few months ago, and they addressed uh, this issue indirectly. They said that there is disinformation circulating about Canadian doctors being harmed by COVID-19 vaccines, that it's not happening, and that they're recommending everyone to go and get their booster shot. And that was the only comment that they ever made on this issue. They refused to even investigate it, and they have the data. So when I say that Canadian physicians died at a rate of 53% higher last year than before in 2019. That's based on a database of about 2,200 physician deaths that I've tracked over the past four years Mm. and compared to the previous years. And physician Mm. mortality is rising every single year. There was a bit of a rise in 2020 when there were no vaccines. 
and we had you know the pandemic at its worst. So there was a bit of a rise mm-hmm. in mortality. There was a much more significant rise in 2021 and an even bigger rise in 2022. Half of the data is actually taken from the Canadian Medical Association In Memoriam website, which they have now taken down. They have removed it. Uh, They've removed all the data for the previous years. So Canadians can't go and compare for themselves. They're they're conducting a cover-up. Now, I can tell you that I I received my Canadian Medical Association journal uh, for the um, April uh, 2023 edition, and I will um, show it to you. So they put out a journal uh, once a month. That's the Canadian Medical Association journal. And if you go on the back cover... There is a full page Pfizer ad. Oh my goodness. On the back cover. Pfizer Flex. I'm not even sure what Pfizer Flex. Like this is the full page back cover of the Canadian Medical Association Journal. You know, I guess I guess the ad money that they make from Pfizer is more important than the deaths of their own physician member, which you know is horrific if you want if you think about it, but that's the tragic reality that we're living in now wow that that is reprehensible yeah doctor i have one last question before we turn to our reading list and that is what what is the prospect for you personally and professionally in terms of you returning to active medical practice is that something that you that you desire to do and that you you foresee happening in the future you know that's interesting. I'm, you know, I I love being a doctor. It, it's, you know, what I've spent uh, decades doing. But you know, we're we're in a situation in Canada where the colleges of physicians and surgeons are so corrupt that I mm-hmm. believe they have to be dissolved and and cancelled uh, and removed because it's the colleges that have threatened doctors and silenced doctors from speaking up about COVID nineteen vaccine injuries and deaths. Before the vaccines mm-hmm. were rolled out, they were threatening doctors about masks, about mm-hmm. speaking out about lockdowns. So these colleges have committed very serious crimes. And these entities um, control the medical licenses of every doctor in Canada. Mm-hmm. So we actually have an opportunity in Alberta uh, with the Danielle Smith's conservative government to actually tackle this corruption of our healthcare system head on. And we could be the first province in Canada to dissolve the colleges, to basically constitute a new medical board that protects doctors, protects nurses, restores the Hippocratic Oath, restores the uh, concepts of uh, bodily autonomy, the concepts of informed consent, uh, and really the restores the sanctity of the physician patient relationship, which has been violated by the mm-hmm. public health authorities, by the politicians um, and by our healthcare leaders. And we could actually lead Canada in bringing back the ethical practice of medicine uh, in Canada. Mm-hmm. And, and we, Alberta could be the first province to do that. If, if Danielle Smith commits to bringing back the ethical practice of medicine in Canada, I would happily mm-hmm. assist in, in bringing that about. And then once we have a, um, once we actually have an environment where doctors can be them, their ethical selves again and practice medicine ethically again, first of all, we would get an influx of healthcare workers from all over Canada and the United States. If we open yes, the doors- and good ones, yeah. 
and good ones. Yeah, exactly. If we opened the doors and we provided a safe environment for doctors and nurses to practice in, we would be flooded with healthcare workers from all over Canada. You know, in the way that Florida is being flooded by, you know, by people who uh, believe, still believe in, in ethics, in medicine. And right. so I would be happy to go back into medicine under those circumstances. But if, if our medical system remains corrupt, uh, if Alberta Health Services continues to threaten doctors, to punish doctors, to abuse doctors and nurses, I mean, you know, they fired thousands of healthcare workers for not submitting their vaccination status. Right. If right. the corruption continues, I, I do not want to go back into medicine mm. under those circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, when Dr. Bhattacharya was here, he commented that perhaps one of the greatest casualties of COVID was public confidence, confidence in, in public health which was very, was rated very, very high pre-COVID. Unfortunately, this seems to be something, uh, the abandonment of truth, um, it seems to be something that is rampant in our public institutions. And, and of course, it really, it really needs to change. So this is the part of the show where we sign off and we have something called the reading list. I'm going to ask you for a selection or two uh, that you would recommend to people. It might be a website or, or uh or, or something of that nature, or a book that you think would be helpful. I've got a couple of books here I'm going to mention. One, uh, the first one is kind of obscure. It's called Behind the, the Green Mask, UN Agenda 21. So uh, that's a very interesting book, and it's it's a relatively quick read. The second one is probably one that's better known. It's called The Great Reset and the War for the World. This was published last year by Alex Jones, who is a well-known um, uh, American journalist. And of course, what we've been talking about today with Dr. Macus fits squarely within that and within the context of the COVID-19 pandemic, its role in the Great Reset, and of course, the vaccines themselves. So those are two books that we're recommending today. So with that, I'll turn it over to Dr. Macus and see if he has any suggestions for us. You know, I've been very, um, very impressed by uh, Edward Dodd. I think Edward Dodd's book, Cause Unknown. Uh, yes. I think this is a great book to check out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, a book by um, Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, I think the real Anthony right. Fauci would be yes. another great one to check out. You know, there's my Substack too at uh, macsmd.substack.com. Um, I'm going to continue uh, bringing you know these 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 very difficult. Sometimes they're very difficult and tragic stories. It's unfortunate, but but you know I think these stories have to be told. These people, um, you know, some of the really horrifically injured uh, people, you know, they were not given a voice. They were not no. given a voice. They were not given a chance. And I'm trying to give them a voice. So yeah. I'll keep uh, I'll keep writing those articles as well. Yes, Doctor, I want to thank you so much for being our special guest today, for sharing your knowledge and your time, and really for all of the courageous work that you are doing. It's very obvious from talking to you and from reading the articles in your Substack why you're doing it. Uh, this is a selfless uh, act on your part uh, and that you're really interested in the health and welfare of Albertans and Canadians. So God bless you for the work that you're doing and please keep doing it. Thank you very much and I appreciate you for having me on. Mm -hmm.